Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with the show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discussed the signing of Juju Smith-Schuster and the arms race in the AFC. Joe, I love the signing of Juju. He's only 6'1", 215, but he plays a lot bigger than that. He's a great blocker. I think he's exactly the possession guy to work the middle of the field, those underneath routes that they need. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Jeff. I mean, he, he is that, you know, he's that one piece. Like, we've, we've talked about it, right? You know, we talked about Brady's success with the Wes Welkers of the world, the Julian Edelmans of the world, right? Everybody needs that sort of go-to receiver in their arsenal to be able to do that. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's kind of proven that uh, in his time in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, he, he really, he kind of was that, that for, uh, for Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, again, did not, not the, not the Terrell Owens that you and I always talk about that was kind of missing from the chief's arsenal uh, to use that word again, but definitely in that sort of what, what Belichick and Brady were able to do with receivers that kind of look and and kind of play like him, which I think is is really important. And, and that's something the Chiefs are always looking to do, right? And I think that's why they continue to develop as one of the top offenses in the league because they're always looking to expand the playbook, right? More pages in the playbook. And um, I just think, um, you know, I just think I think it's a good. I think it's a really good signing to bolster you know, what they've already done. They've been very active in, in the wide receiver market, right? We've talked about, we had Justin Watson on, right? And he was going to add some depth and, you know, you got Juju now and you got McCole, you got Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, I think, I think this is going to be a position that they could probably start to pull, pull back on the gas pedal, I think a little bit and, and start focusing on some other spots that they might need. Totally. Uh, and yeah, looking at the receiving group as a whole, yeah. Uh, Byron Pringle is now in the, uh, in the Bears. We, we lose him. Demarcus Robinson sounds like he's going to be headed uh, elsewhere. But I, I really like kind of the composition of this group. You have Tyreek Hill, such a weapon going deep. And then McCall Hardman, you know, sometimes he's had some drops or whatever, but he's still, he's more speed. You can send him deep. You can also send him kind of horizontally uh, on mm-hmm. those jet sweeps he's good at. And then, uh, Kelsey's so good against zone coverage. And then you have Juju to kind of make those tough catches, maybe shorter routes and things like that. I really like, I really like how, how this, again, the composition of this group, Joe. And I also, I, I look at um, opposing defenses. Well, we, we've talked about the Chiefs running game and that is something they could upgrade, but with that offensive line and the versatile backs they have, even if they, have the exact same running back group that's still t- 
tough to stop. Still formidable. Um, so I look at opposing defenses. How do you how do you stop the Chiefs? I thought one of the weaknesses was really the lack of kind of that third target behind Kelsey and Hill. Now the Chiefs have that. Like what other than outscoring the Chiefs? I think that's like the best way to stop the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's going to be it. It's going to be how do you get into just a shooting match with them? I, I think the one thing that if I had to look at and, you know, look, it's really hard to poke holes in this team. They've been to, you know, X amount of AFC championships in a row. You know, uh, they're always going to be in Super Bowl contention. They're always going to have great odds to getting back to the big game uh, in February. So, you know, where do you poke holes? It's, it's really hard, but you know, that's what our job is, right. Is to have, we have to keep, keep pushing. And that's what fans want to do. They want to just keep pushing to see where it is. I, I, to me, it's, it's sort of like, if I had to pick one thing, I would say it's probably going to be in the power run game, you know, like the ability to just take the ball at the end of a game when you're up by 14 to just power the ball down the field, right? Like, not to say that every team in the NFL has the, has the, has the you know, the privilege and, and, and blessing of having a Derrick Henry or, or a running back like that. But I think that would be the one thing I would say on this offense when I look at it holistically and you look at the depth chart, because don't forget, I mean, and not to backtrack, but don't forget, you know, don't forget, you know, we talked about Justin Watson. We talked about Josh Gordon, talked about Darius Fountain, who I know you were really high on after training camp last year. I mean, you know, I, I just think, I just think with that, because because Josh Gordon is kind of, if they can get him worked into this offense, he is that Terrell Owens type receiver that you can throw the back shoulder to on the flag route, you know, in the corner route in the end zone. You know what I mean? He does have that, those measurables. So, so I think, I think um, for me, if I had to look at it, obviously I think tight end, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey, and you just put him, we don't have to talk about him, but I think they're even doing things to, to have a succession plan to Travis. I think Jody Fortson and Noah Gray play a lot like Travis. They look like Travis almost. Sometimes when I see Noah Gray out there, I didn't, I can't tell whether it's Travis or him. <laughs> Forget that. The O-line, they did everything they could to, to really solidify that. Um, and, and, and I think, I think we're good there. To me, it's that power running game. And, and that's, you know, that's just me. That's just an offensive lineman talking who likes to have that in your arrow, in your quiver, right. you know, where, where, where you, if you need to control the ball at the end of a game and you just want to pound a team into the ground, you know, that's the one thing I think that we might be missing. I, I do agree with you there, Joe, that, you know, ideally you'd have more of a power back, maybe Derek Gore can become that Burton's been that, um, you know, good guy of converting uh, fourth and one third and one maybe not ideal but the one thing that they they uh do have at least that offensive line as you well know especially that interior is there's such road graders really good so at least they might not have that prototypical back but it does help that they have that kind of mauling offensive line and i'm glad you mentioned uh josh gordon because don't know what's going to happen there but the chiefs also I, I like this taking a flyer on another guy kind of similar roost josh gordon uh Corey coleman who was also on the cleveland browns also at baylor um just uh like josh gordon and he was a first round draft pick of the browns in 2016 he he just never really um he kind of underachieved in the nfl but i mm. think he clearly has talent to be a first round pick 
at last was in the, the league in 2020 with the Giants, worth a flyer that the Chiefs, uh, you know, have uh, picked up him. Uh, definitely worth a flyer. Yeah, I mean, at the time of our recording this, you know, the, it just broke. And one last note about Juju here before we get to uh, our sponsors. Uh, it, it's it, it's interesting, too. They, they actually tried to get uh, Smith-Schuster last year, um, and he opted to return to the Steelers. Um, they got him this year as part of their recruitment. Uh, Andy Reid had texted him a photo of the Lombardi trophy. Uh, I, I believe that was actually last year when he did that. <laughs> but uh, another reason I like this is, one-year deal it's really good value it's it's uh definitely three million at least and he can get you know up to about 11 million with uh incentives but joe uh, given the way the market is going i mean that's to get a guy like uh smith schuster for that amount of money that's uh you gotta like that masterful brett beach another masterful move uh you know brett beach and andy making it happen and, and trying to do it with uh you know, as we call it, sometimes in, in, in the business world, you know, profitable growth. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Joe, I was doing well until uh, in our, we have a couple of Believe pools here for the, uh, uh, and I was doing well until Auburn lost. I, I had them in the final. I thought that was a good, oh. I was impressed with them. That's, uh, you know, not oh. suddenly my bracket's not looking so great. Well, I hope our listeners are enjoying March Madness as much as I am. I mean, the fact that there are five teams in the Sweet 16 with an eight or less seed is, think about that. I mean, with a couple of 11s in there, 10s, like it is, I, I think I, I, I got an alert on my phone and, and, and I don't, don't quote me on this, but I think, I think ESPN like tweeted out or, you know, I think they sent something out on their alert system, like, like halfway through Thursday or maybe even early Friday that there were no perfect brackets left. <laughs> like, and there are mega millions of people that play that, you know, that, that perfect bracket challenge on ESPN. And <laughs> they were like, I think it was, I think that now granted, you know, my wife, Jennifer's a math teacher. So she used to do um, March mathness with her team, which is always fun. And, and, you know, she, one time they calculated what the odds, I, I don't quote me on this too, but I think it's in like the trillions, like one in a trillion to like pick a perfect bracket. Like it's nearly impossible, but man, for it to be, for the, all those brackets to be busted after like the first day and a half, like, holy cow, with the millions and millions of people that are playing those bracket games and there's no perfect brackets left, tells you a little bit about tells you a little how bit. much parody there is. And speaking of parody, here's a, I'm master of the segue, right? <laughs> parody in the NCAA and the kind of things you're seeing in March Madness. How about the parody I think we're going to see in the AFC West? I mean, is, I mean, I know we keep talking about it, Jeff, but it's worth, it's worth bringing up every week that that division is going to be awesome. Like for, they, for football fans, they keep adding to that, you know, like um, every week it just gets better and better. And Joe, not just um, the AFC West, 
like I'm looking at the AFC as a whole, Deshaun Watson to the Browns. The Titans have added uh, Robert Woods and Austin Hooper to really bolster that passing game. That'll be a big upgrade over Julio Jones, who's so talented, but, you know, was pretty banged up. I really like uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts. I think that's a big upgrade over Carson Wentz. I, I think with that defense, that running game, I think they're a Super Bowl contenders right now. And with yeah. all these quarterbacks going in the AFC, it's like an arms race, literally. <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, yeah, and then the other move I want to talk about is an up-and-coming team. They're so young. We, we saw they're obviously they're the reigning AFC champs. The Bengals had a major weakness, and that's that offense line. They can't let Joe Burrow get beaten up. They uh, they they send Lyle Collins, which is a great signing. In addition, yeah. Harris from the Patriots and Alex Kappa um, from the Buccaneers. I mean that they they're addressing three good signings. Really, Joe, the the AFC, like, oh my God, just getting out of the AFC. This, whoever whoever makes it to the Super Bowl. Uh, kudos to them uh from the yeah AFC. oh my god as afc fans we cannot let an nfc team win <laughs> again this year because the afc you know when you look at this up and down these rosters Jeff, just like you said i mean come on there is no reason why an afc team after beating up each other all year shouldn't win the super bowl compared to what the nfc is doing right now now granted look i will give we'll give the rams their due they they are the reigning Super Bowl champions until that game is played next year. So we'll give them their due. But I got to, I got to, I got to really think that, that the, a the AFC should put out the Super Bowl champion this year, if they all compete against each other, the way that we think they are. Talking about the AFC West and then they keep adding, uh, Devontae Adams was added since we last recorded the, uh, this pod. I agree. I still think that the just, I, <laughs> that team is still, is now really good with Chandler Jones and, and uh, Devontae Adams, but I, I do think that they might they might be the fourth best team in the AFC West, which is still impressive. But yeah, yeah I, I, the competition is so fierce. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be I, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun, and the AFC should be just a fantastic uh, conference for for fans to watch. And you know, hey, listen, when you're a true competitor, you want to play the best and beat the best, and that's what the Chiefs are going to have to do to maintain their their stronghold and, you know, the, the foothold that they have on, uh, on the AFC and, um, you know, all things considered, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, and there's it's, more to come. We're not even, we're not even done. We haven't even had the draft yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's going to be fun. It is a little bit of a scary prospect for the chiefs. Um, in the sense that AFC West is so competitive, like even if the chiefs come out on top, I, I worry that, that their, their record's going to be a little diminished and it's, it's going to be just a tough road. And then you have all these teams, you know, like the Colts, the Titans, the Browns, the Bengals that I mentioned, you know, having to go there now, um, potentially in the, in the playoffs could be real tough. I, Joe, I really actually like this Matt Ryan move. I, I think he's, I, I think the talent had become so depleted around him in, in Atlanta. I think he's still a good quarterback. You throw him into a, a team that, kind of has everything on that Colts that that Colts squad. Uh, they also added uh, Ngakwe from the Raiders to, to bolster an already good defense. That team is scary. Who So out, outside, and you can maybe name an AFC West team, who, give me like a team or two in the AFC that scares you the most uh, regarding um, uh, the, the, the Chiefs. Well, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to just go chalk on this and, and – um, 
because of what happened last year. But what I just, I, I just, I have to say, I, I don't know if the Bengals luck is going to run out, but you know, I, I think they're the team that I don't want them to be sleepers again. Like I know people are going to have the target. They're going to have a target on their back, having gone to the Super Bowl and representing the AFC. So teams are going to really start, you know, they're not going to be the sleeper that they were anymore, but if they continue to make moves um, and they, and they do okay in the draft, I, you know, I, I think, and the reason I say I'm, I'm most worried about the Bengals is because I think, just like you said, I think everybody in the AFC West is going to beat each other up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I'd hate to see a team like the Bengals end up getting home field advantage because maybe it's not as tough of a division and maybe mm-hmm. they finish, you know, 13 and four there. I got the number, right. Well I was done. Yeah. Well done. Not uh, easy. So, yeah. I got the 17 games in there. Um, but you know, if they end up going like 13 and four and, you know, because of their schedule, you know, then that would, that would, that would be hard, It'd be hard to, you know, have to have that uphill battle. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of most concerned, not so much concerned about them head to head, but just the fact that they might have an easy road, easier road to an easier uh, playoff run than, than any of the other teams. Cause I think it's going to be, you know, in the AFC West is going to be like last team standing. And I think that's what's, that's, what's got me most scared, but Jeff, you, you could go up and down the AFC conference, uh, you know, uh, sta- or, uh, you know, just the teams and the standings. And I, there's any, there's really, there's a lot of teams in there, bar a few that could, could be last year's Bengals, you know, yeah, where, where they get hot. Totally, Jordan. You you made the point that you know that 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 I thought is a really good point. Again, getting beaten up in the AFC West, and then a team potentially like the Bengals having an easier road. Though the AFC, I tell you what, the AFC North is going to be pretty tough too. You look at that. Yeah. I think the Steelers are the worst team in that division now. And, and, they, and that defense, that defense, they're a, they've been in the playoffs the last two years. That defense. Might have the best player in in, in football with TJ Watt, or at least the best defensive player. And then that you look at they have Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Joe Burrow in that division. Um, yeah, so those those are the the teams that that actually scare me the most right now. I, I I'm really this Colts team. Like I said, I think they were just a quarterback away. That great running mm-hmm. game. Uh, you talk, look at that defensive line, DeForest Buckner. We remember what he did in the yeah. Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and they had Ngakwe to that. Then Darius Leonard. I mean, that those are three real stars um, there. And, and I think the Bengals, just given what they've done, they had such an obvious weakness. Joe, um, I want to uh, rely on your expertise with the offensive line. Do you think those signings uh, by the Bengals were as good as I did? Um, oh my! Bolster that offensive line. Oh my God! It, Jeff, listen, I don't want to be overly dramatic about it, but they needed to do something like uh-huh. <laughs> from where they where they were to where they are now is probably going to be, you know, one of the most dramatic improvements that we'll see how those players pan out, obviously, is going to be up to, you know, how the coaches can, can prepare them, you know, going through the offseason and get them ready, learn the playbook and, you know, have a good training camp and then get ready for the season. But on paper, I mean, they've made probably marginally the most improvement of, of any offensive line so far for a team that went to the Super Bowl and we know was their biggest weakness, right? I mean, Joe Burrow was, you know, a lot of, a lot of games. He was, he was running for his proverbial life. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's, um, to me, I think, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with, I'm in your camp 100%. I think that is a huge 
uh, improvement for that team. And I think those signings are as good as they sound. And I, I think they're probably not done yet. I think they probably add in the draft. And then, so you get these three good veterans and then, you know, they have a guy like Jonah Williams, who was, who's, who was drafted in the first round out of Alabama a couple of years ago. He's banged up. He, he's been banged up. Hasn't been that great, but he's still got potential Jackson Carmen, a rookie last year from Clemson. So you start seeing maybe they put some of these pieces together and, you know, and, um, and maybe, maybe they really actually have something and have bolstered a, a, a unit that, that was like we said, their, their big weakness. Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I mean, not to, to backtrack on it, but you know, you and I talked about it on our last pod. I mean, Lel Collins is I think the biggest for them. And that, I, you know, we had talked about, wow, could that have been like a magic signing for the chiefs? Like could have, could that have been something to really solidify that right spot? And then, and then you look at the three year, you know, $30 million, you know, that he got, I mean, that there's a lot, he would have tied up a lot of money on a team that, you know, already, you know, is looking to improve in other positions. And I think the Chiefs internally, you know, don't want to speak for them, but feel like they've made um, made enough improvements, uh, you know, on the offensive line that they can focus on other positions. So, yeah, I, I think that was that that to me was one, you know, when, when I saw that he got away um, was like, ah, you know, get, again, a little bit of a long shot, but was definitely nice thinking about, you know, having that bookend protecting Boy, you know Patrick be, on the right side so that would that would really have been something if they added him now they did and we're going to talk about this uh in a little bit but they did add one offensive lineman in the in the free agent market already well tons of people take multivitamins but it's important to choose one that is top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right the special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, the five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have been evaluate, have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Uh, Joe, we, we talked about Lyle Collins. Um, what, one uh, lineman the Chiefs did add was uh Jaron Christian and uh, by the way I think it's Jaron because he has a brother named Gerald I think it's the same he's not yet okay. on the Chiefs website I've been trying to find the exact pronunciation they haven't had the press conference yet so anyhow he he liked Juju Smith-Schuster he's 25 um and he started 14 combined um games the last two years for the then Washington football team and and the Houston Texans last year so they did you know uh, um, I, I like this move that it's another mm-hmm. just it's all about having depth and they have a guy who who you know wasn't the, the great he wasn't Lyle Collins you know but he was he's a guy who has started in the NFL and the Chiefs don't want to go back to what they had during the you know uh, the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers when it ravaged a line with so many injuries and they just didn't have now you're looking at the line and they have 
starting quality players, guys who have started even as their backups. Well, that's important, right? You, When you throw an offensive lineman into the mix with the chemistry that has to be built with a group like that, you don't want to throw in a player that can lose you a game, right? Who hasn't played, who hasn't been battle tested and who doesn't have, uh, you know, the ability to just get right in the mix and start playing, right? You just don't want to have that question mark up front on the offensive line because we saw what happened to Kansas City in the Super Bowl and a couple of years ago. And and I and I think it's a good I don't I don't think there's a I don't think there's a huge risk here to Jaron Christian signing. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, look, they they signed Wiley to a one-year deal. You know, Lucas Niang started the year as a starter, you know, and had the patella tendon injury. Uh, you know, uh Jaron can play both both tackles. So, you know, I think he's a he's a low risk signing with more upside than downside. And, and I love that you, you know, brought up the fact that he has started games, you know, 14 games. It's a lot, it's a lot of games, you know, in, in a couple of years. Grant, is he, is he, has he established himself as a full-time starter? No, he hasn't. But I don't know if that's what the Chiefs are really looking for, you know, at this point. I think we've got a, a cadre of starters that have, you know, played well together. And I think, I think this team and fans were really happy with the way the line played last year. So I think it's a really good signing. Uh, like I said, I think he's got way more upside than downside and, you know, why not go after a low risk starter as a backup rather than just signing a career backup, right. Or somebody who hasn't been battle tested. So I, I think it's a great signing. I think it's good. It's solid. And um, it gives him a little bit more uh, insurance. And I think, uh, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, just based on 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 what what I think, I think there's going to be another battle at right tackle. I, I think we're going to see some real competition. Coaches love that. You know, coaches love competition at positions. It create it fosters an environment that doesn't allow people to get complacent. Even if you are the full time starter at left tackle, right? When when there's a battle at right tackle and you know there's a battle, it makes you start playing better. Believe it or not, even if you're not caught up in the actual competition, anytime there's a battle, a position battle, especially on the same side of the ball that you're on, it, it raises everybody's game. So I think psychologically it's good to have at least one position um, where you have guys, you know, fighting it out for the starting role. And I, and I think there will be, you know, there will be here. I think, look, Andrew played well. He had solid, you know, season did, you know, we always talk about what, what he did with, um, you know, Max Crosby his former college teammate, he had a good season, but, you know, I think they want competition and I think this will, this will spark it. So between Jaron Lucas and Andrew, I think at right tackle, we will have, we'll have a battle on our hands uh, all through mini camp and then through training camp. It'll be interesting to see what happens also with the rest of the uh, offensive line. We know Austin Blythe has, has moved on. He was another guy with starting experience. What happens with Mike Remmers? Is, mm-hmm. is he done? What happens uh, with Kyle Long? Kyle Long, does he just uh, retire? Remmers, Remmers could retire too. You know, he's yeah. Like, I love uh, Nick Allegretti as as you know a starting quality guy off the off the bat. I mean. And and also to fulfill also to fill the Joe Valerio well, number seventy three eligible tackle eligible role. yeah but, yeah, uh, I, yeah expect so that... him, I, I expect him to get closer to Jerry Rice just like I did uh, next year <laughs> um, but you know he uh, yeah yeah Nick's Nick's a proven he's a proven commodity and and I think um, you know they'll they'll have they'll have the depth that they need I I can't really see Mike 
being a factor in all this. I don't know if they can take the risk of you get so few reps these days, Jeff, at camps, yeah. you know, and you get so few reps because of cat, uh, you know, collective bargaining agreements and salary cap challenges or, you know, worrying about getting players hurt and things. I, I just don't see Mike, you know, I think he's, he's been a solid chemistry guy for this team. I just don't see him really kind of coming back. Um, or, or if he does making a real push, I think this Jaron Christian signing was a little bit of a signal, you know, to, mm -hmm. to the team and to fans that this is the new, these are the, these are the new tackles that we're going to have and, and the ones that are going to battle it out, especially the fact that, you know, Jaron can play both as well. There was some other, uh, minor moves, uh, on Tuesday here, uh, Mike Hughes signed by the uh, Lions, Luke Barku, a, a player who was on the Jaguars last year, um, was signed by the Chiefs, a cornerback. Um, but I, the, the major one is really Juju Smith-Schuster. And again, Joe, I, I love this just because as it's, it's good as Mahomes is, as good as that offensive line were, what, uh, performed. And they have two elite targets, maybe the best at their position in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But when you have just two guys like that, a defense can take away two guys. Now all of a sudden you, you add Juju Smith-Schuster, it's like, I, I'm really, I think that was one of the major weaknesses that the Chiefs had last year in, in going into this offseason. Yeah, this is like, uh, go back to my my childhood days, you know, this is like Mike Quick and Harold, or, uh, you know, Harold Cunningham, I mean, uh, Harold Carmichael, you know, with the Eagles, or John Stallworth and Lynn Swan. Uh, you know, going back to those Pittsburgh Steelers days of teams I watched growing up. I mean, when you have two receivers like that, now back then it was a little different. Tight end wasn't, didn't play in as big a factor. I mean, but when you, when you get multiple threats like that, I mean, it's just, you know, Charlie Joyner and, and John Jefferson, right. And Kellen Winslow for the, for this, for those fabulous chargers teams back in the, in the eighties, right. Uh, with Dan Fouts, I mean, air Coriel, I mean, yeah, Jeff, I I'm excited to, to see what Eric Bieniemy can do with having these, uh, you know, additional, uh, you know, players in the mix that can, you know, open up the playbook for him. So yeah, it's a, it's exciting. When you think about teams that have had multiple threats like that, real threats, I'm not taking any anything away from McCole or or Byron Pringle or or you know Marcus Robinson or anybody who's been in those roles, but I think they've really gotten to the point now where there's a this this is a real three person threat when it comes to um, to the receiving core. And the last thing I'm going to say about Juju is I encourage fans to Google Juju Smith Schuster uh, perfect uh, to show th what kind of blocker he was. Um, Vontez Perfect was a, a longtime linebacker for the Bengals, uh, a real hard hitter, kind of bordered on dirty. Uh, he had his infamous hit on 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 Antonio Brown, which uh, left a concussion. Some wonder if that even is uh, responsible for some of uh, AB's uh, kind of mercurial behavior, um, perhaps a CTE related. Anyhow, uh, Smith Schuster really had a devastating block where he just depleted. Uh, perfect kind of in response to that um so fans he is going to be in the running game the passing game he's going to be a great blocker another element he'll bring to the chiefs yeah he's definitely physical definitely a physical piece we need out there because you know just being honest you know some some not, not that not that i could ever even challenge those guys they i could they could give me a 30 yard head start and i couldn't beat those guys <laughs> in the 40 yard dash um but you know they, they've never been it's never been the most physical 
of wide receiver course, right, you right. know, and that gets, that gets D backs thinking that gets defensive coordinators thinking, you know, not that, you know, they've kind of eliminated sort of the crack, you know, the right. crack back blocks and things like that, but it definitely gets you thinking, you know, if you get, if you get out on, you get those jet sweeps out there and you get somebody like McCall Hardman, you know, or even Tyreek running those jet sweeps and you can, you can have a lead blocker who's not just a lineman, but also a, a wide receiver. Poof, man, that really opens things up. I think maybe that's even where, you know, Justin Watson could come in. He's very physical, plays a lot of special teams. So he's used to being out there and banging around. So maybe that's another, you know, another aspect of this team that we'll, we'll see the playbook open up a little bit from. Yeah. Our friend Justin definitely uh, mentioned that when we had him on the pod, he talked about how, how much he likes the physical style and, uh, Juju is certainly like that too. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.